Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in just 15 minutes. I am your host, Ethan Simi, and on today's show, I am joined by a very special guest. Mr. Ben Lawhorn of the podcast Three Films in a Pod is joining me today to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron. And honestly, we're just here to uh, try and understand why this movie gets such a bad rap. What is up, Ben? Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm super glad to be here to be uh, defending one of my favorites, Age of Ultron. I had to call in call in an expert. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I, you know, personally around my house, I refer to you as Mr. Ultron. I don't know if other people do this in the world, but you're the you're the Age of Ultron stamp. That's what I've got across my stomach, like the Tupac <laughs> Thug Life tattoo. It's just Mr. Ultron. So, <laughs> yeah, that's no surprise, honestly. Um, <laughs> listen, I had to call I had to call in the experts. If we're talking Age of Ultron, that's I feel like one of the hot takes movie in the MCU. I feel like people are divided. It goes one way or the other, bad or good. Um, and and we're pretty much here to kind of hash out and say what we like about it and try to figure out why people hate on it. Um, but before we get started, I have a question for you. We, or I, pre-ordered this this brand new official 500-page, uh, Mar- it's called The Story of Marvel Studios, The Making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe book, from Amazon, it's ridiculous. Um, are you going to pre-order it? Would you pre-order it? What is it going to take to get this book in your hands? Past tense. It's already ordered. I'm ready <laughs> to go. I saw it split up into two books. So I hope the first one is just Guardians and Ultron. That's all I'm wanting out of that one. Then the rest can be for everything else. But I'm stoked. That thing looks amazing. They, they know how, like how to get us for sure. Yeah. Apparently, it's been like three years in the making, uh, three years in the writing, and finally is coming out. I think it looks gorgeous. I'm I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, if I could just get like a whole book dedicated to like Infinity War, and then we can just shove everything else right. in another book. Yeah, I'm curious if we'll do it again for like whatever these next you know phase four, five, and six will be like. But I'm I'm excited to check this out for sure. Yeah, it'll be a good one, definitely. Um, let's get into Age of Ultron now. Um, like I said, hot take movie. Um, let's let's start with the big question here. Why why do you think this movie gets such a bad rap? I think a lot of it is it's it's a there's a lot of good scenes, but it's not like a very cohesive movie, like the narrative, whatever is kind of all over the place. And I get that. And I can't argue with that. Like it is. It's one of my favorites. I, I enjoy watching it a lot. And I think this speaks to just how good the MCU is. But it is the weakest of the four Avengers movies. But again, you're going up against the Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame. Those are all great movies, five star movies, you know. So I, I think that's kind of like the biggest thing. It just doesn't seem like a, a cohesive story. And from my understanding, it's one of the biggest ones that's had like the Marvel and necessarily do everything that he wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I'm curious what that cut looks like. But again, like I don't know, we saw um Justice League, you know, we saw Josh's version of that. So maybe it, it wouldn't maybe it would have been worse. I have no idea. But <laughs> I, I love it for what it is. There's a ton of stuff in there that I think is is redeemable and really enjoyable, but understandably, yep. just kind of. I, I guess I just wanted to come on and be like, it's it's not the best Avengers movie, but it's not like Dark World or anything. I, I just I get frustrated right. when I see the people's like <laughs> bottom five. It's like it's not that bad, you guys. Like right. it's not great, but it's not that bad. Yeah, you got to put some respect on Age of Ultron. I, I think you make a really good point, and and I was watching a a video earlier today that basically kind of laid it out like this and said that 
Age of Ultron is is part one of a three part storytelling saga, right? You have Age of Ultron being part one in this kind of you know more uh, larger Infinity Saga, and then you have Infinity War as part two, and then you have Endgame as part three. Age of Ultron, you get tons of things, tons of storylines, references, callbacks that don't pay off for another four years, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're left waiting and waiting, which does make Age of Ultron a, a massive setup movie. So do you think that's part of it? Like it's just up against, like you said, like five-star movies and just can't compete? Yeah. Yeah, again, it's like the glue. It's like it's the it's the unsexy stuff with the MCU. Yeah. You know, it's like it ties it all together, but it's not as exciting as like the first time we see the Avengers together, and it's not as exciting as them going up against Thanos. Like, but we, we you know we we start digging into Civil War a little bit with Cap and Iron Man, kind of like their first time butting heads together. We learn about you know the Infinity Stone, so we get Infinity War. It's the first time we hear about Wakanda, mm-hmm. and you know leads us into Ragnarok because we don't know where Hulk goes to. And, you know, we meet the twins, which is awesome as well. Obviously, only one of them for that movie. But, uh, (laughs) you know, we got we get WandaVision because of this. And I don't know. I mean, we get vision. There's so much stuff that happens in here. But I understand that people don't like love it as a full movie. But I just think it's it's not like, yeah, it's just not it's not a sexy movie. You know, it's not doesn't have like the payoff. Everything else does. It's just like the glue that's holding it together. But I love James Spader. And I think he he rules in this movie. Yeah, let's let's talk about James Spader in Age of Ultron. Now, I think James Spader is the the perfect casting choice for Ultron. I I don't think there's nobody better that I could choose. Again, I, I'm really bad at choosing. Like I know on your podcast, you've kind of you've recast Ocean's Eleven. You've done some recasting. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. My brain space just doesn't allow for that to work for me. So I'm going with James Spader, but I honestly think he's he's the perfect choice. Um, yeah. Do you do you think anybody else could have done it better? I don't know. Like, I, I no, I don't. I guess that's the short answer. I don't think anyone <laughs> could do it better because essentially you're going up against Robert Downey Jr. here. That's kind of like the head to head. I I feel because you know Iron Man's the one that created this, or Tony Stark's the one that created this. So you need someone that still has like I feel like needs to have his kind of personality mm-hmm. and wit and stuff, but obviously can't be him. And I just feel like James Spader is the perfect like just on par with Robert Downey Jr. as far as the snark is concerned, as far as just like the wit and the humor, like it's perfect casting in my mind. I I don't understand the people that don't like Spader in this role. I think he's great in this. I agree. I think he's, I think he's the right guy for the role. And you mentioned it's basically him against Robert Downey Jr. Now this, this is um, one of the major issues that I hear the most about age of Ultron is this kind of um, more, more gimmicky comic-y side of what we see out of Ultron. Um, we, he is he's built by Tony essentially right mm-hmm. he yeah. he is he is um a project of his that is influenced by Tony himself and his personality so it would make sense that we see this type of humor there there's a very specific scene where right Ultron cracks the omelet joke uh yeah, wow exactly. i am so impressed with myself just hands up i just said cracks the omelet joke i'm never gonna top that that was phenomenal <laughs> where he where he cracks the omelet joke and and Basically, Tony Stark says, like, I w- he beat me by one second. Nobody has to break anything. Clearly, you've never made an omelet. He beat me by one second. Right? Yeah. So they're they're kind of squaring off. Do you think that this, this kind of humorful side of Ultron, do you think it's overplayed? Do you think it was done the right amount? Like, how do you feel about this more, more you know, loose, playful side of Ultron? I think it's perfect because I think when you go back to the first Iron Man, I think this is the same kind of humor that we were getting out of Tony where it's just Mm -hmm. like, we're getting a lot of that nonstop, which, you know, might 
be if, if it's a lot in Ultron, it was a lot in Iron Man. I feel like you got to be consistent, and I think it it totally works. Also, this dude has the whole internet in him, so he knows all the jokes. Like he can't have too yeah. many jokes. That's all the internet is now. It's just like right. memes and everything. So of course <laughs> he's gonna have all the jokes and all the wit. So I think it's perfect. Yeah, I do think it matches out pretty well, and uh, you know it's. I think it plays well with Ultron and I think it plays well with James Spader. I think the way that it comes off and his, his tone of voice plays it perfectly because like he might not think he's funny. We think he's funny. He's just a machine that has learned this from the internet. Right. And he has, Mm -hmm. he has uh, a full mind, but he has no heart. He has no experience to go behind that. So I think it's a a very intriguing, um, you know, kind of concept with that. Um, Now, Moving on from from Ultron specifically, I do want to ask you about one specific scene um, that that is my favorite scene. You know, I guess I should ask you, what's what's your favorite scene first? In case I spoil it, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to spoil it. No, I mean, it's fine. My mine is hands down just like the after party where they're trying to lift me only yeah. like okay, that's, that's the best scene of the whole movie. And it leads into the best reveal, arguably, in all of the MCU, you know, until Endgame. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. Okay. So, so I was correct that that is your favorite scene. That's also my favorite scene. I feel like that that's kind of across the table, you know, for Gotta a lot be. of people. Yeah. Um, that's, that's an amazing scene. Um, I have t- two questions based on this. So, um, is vision worthy? Do you think, do you think vision's worthy or is it just because he's a machine? Like, where do you stand on this debate? I think he's worthy in the sense that like his intentions are pure, no matter mm-hmm. what, like he really just wants what, is best and so that in my mind that's why he's worthy because he's got no like secret agenda or anything like that like he is just there to do what is for the best for mankind so why wouldn't he be worthy of that yeah he's he's not stained in any way right like he he's a newborn little a newborn little vision like he's yeah arguably he's like a couple hours old so like (laughs) he hasn't done anything yet that would like make him not exactly yeah so I agree. I, th- I totally think he's worthy. Um, I love that party scene. I think it's funny. The second question uh, involving this scene, uh, again, the the video I was watching earlier, it's a it's a new rock stars breakdown. Good stuff. Um, they mm-hmm. they crushed it over at that channel. Yeah. Mentioned that um, basically it, it ended up coming out eventually, and I and I don't know exactly when, but uh, that Cap faked not being worthy to mm-hmm. preserve Thor's confidence and. And make sure that he didn't essentially didn't like intrude on what Thor like Thor's confidence in his storyline. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know this like up until today. I thought it was really like, oh, he's so close, but he's not quite there. Did did you know this before now? Yeah, I had heard that. I heard it was like the the Russo brothers said that that's what it was. I believe, or I, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly who it was that said that, but. To me, that falls in the line of like the guy who created the GIF calling them GIFs. I was like, listen, it may be your thing, but I just disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't think this is what it is. My mind had always just been, and I agree, you know, after seeing Civil Wars, that like Cap had that in his conscience where he was keeping that stuff from Tony. Mm-hmm. And that's why he couldn't lift up Mjolnir. That's always what it was in my mind. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? That, that's just kind of the, the, how I yeah. felt about it. I felt that's what it was. It does. It does feel like that's a lot. That's a lot of baggage to still be able to lift up Mjolnir, like even a fraction. Like, yeah. I feel like if he was, he's legitimately carrying around all of this baggage and and trauma and you know, um, all of these emotions dealing with with Tony. Yeah, I don't even think he would be able to to flinch it. But I mean, he did. So it's yeah. that's an interesting thing to me. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I understand. Like, there's obviously some gray area there because if he could lift it, I mean, how does he even know then how little to lift it? So it just like goes a, a right. tiny bit, like no one else can do it at <laughs> all. But I don't know. I'll, I'll just like ride or die with the fact that he knew, you know, what Winter Soldier had done. So while everything else was pure about him, he just had this one little secret. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know. I just pictured Cap like, you know, Making sure nobody's watching him sneaks off into into Thor's room. Just a, a little test here <laughs> and there, like once, <laughs> once a day is all he all he needs, and then he finally figures it out. You know, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Got to test it out. Um, so Age of Ultron, we we kind of mentioned it's a big setup piece uh, yeah. for for a lot of future things that that don't necessarily pay off until until later. Um, now with this being the case, um, the we we get the the Tony and Cap kind of the start of their their friendship but they're also like they're bickering yeah. towards one another um do you do you like the setup in this movie for that uh you know specifically when they're chopping wood more specifically when they're tearing wood with their bare i was just gonna hands. say honestly that's probably like my <laughs> second favorite part when he just like rips it in half but also like tony's humor he's like that's my pile don't touch my pile yeah, like when he yeah, walks off like off. it's that kind of stuff like he can be super serious but always in the back of his mind like he's got that joke that's why i feel like it yeah. makes sense that ultron's always funny but yeah i love the setup i think it's very natural you know and just organic how it came up and i think it just leads us into civil war perfectly Totally. I think without a setup like this and without a lot of the things that Age of Ultron sets up, I don't think we feel the same sort of payoff later in the movies. Yeah. I don't I don't think Civil War delivers how it delivers to us now, because we would have had no inkling or thought about like, oh, they kind of have this animosity towards each other. It kind of would have just like hit us all of a sudden and we would have been forced to accept it. And I like the kind of the slow burn long play that it gives us. Yeah, the one thing I don't like about Ultron as far as the setup is we got zero of the Hulk Black Widow romance mm -hmm. setup that just got thrown at us very early. And that's just like that's the one thing I really don't like about the movie, because I feel like you could have had all those same beats without the romantic like undertones. Like, I think they could have established like, oh, no, Black Widow's like she's the one that's like brave enough to go face him to calm him down. They could have talked about their past together, you know, yeah. about like her training and stuff like that. Like all that stuff still could have been addressed without this romantic you know underlying thing and then it just never really pays off so yep. for me that's my personal biggest gripe with the movies i just don't love that at all because again that that didn't get set up in my mind yeah that makes sense i i don't necessarily have a problem with it in ultron i i when i saw ultron for the first and and you know kind of every time i see it i'm like oh okay like i'm here for this like give me a little little romance yeah. is okay but then you're right we just never get a payoff i i know yeah. that there's I know that there's been, you know, rumors that there's a cut of Endgame out there with like way more additional Natasha Bruce um, mm -hmm. romance levels to it, and I, I say release it, give it to me because I I yeah. want it, and and I feel like if we would have gotten a payoff, it would have made sense, but since we didn't, it's no good. No yeah, good exactly. Go. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, totally. Um. So, uh, a couple more things I want to talk before we before we wrap up. Um, Joss Whedon, you you mentioned directed this movie. He said that he wanted Spider-Man and Captain Marvel to appear in the final sequence of this movie. Would that have been good for the movie or would that have not been received well? It's already a pretty packed movie. Yeah, it's a packed movie. And I mean, we get like the cliffhanger there of the Avengers and like cut 
you know, to black. So if mm-hmm. we're processing, seeing all of a sudden Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, and then that happens, like that's just a lot going on. You know what I mean? So I think it works out perfectly. I'm not a, like opposed to a tease or anything like that. Like, I think that would have been fine, but just to have them all of a sudden there, like, the, I don't know. I'm curious how he would have pulled it off because yeah, the way he said it, it's all of a sudden like, they're just there. Like, okay, well, how do we, I don't yeah. know. Everything's been so perfect. Like I, I we've talked about it before. I got teary eyed, you know, in Civil War when we met Spider Man. So to have that cut short yeah. just kind of breaks my heart to think about that. So like <laughs> I would not have wanted Spider Man because I loved what we got. But who yeah. knows? Yeah. Apparently, there's a there's kind of like a not a cut out there, but like a you know a preview of a cut where there was a stand in for Captain Marvel in that very final scene oh, okay, um, yeah. when when they're in the hangar. And, uh, you know, and we get the cut where Steve basically says Avengers and then, yeah. you know, goes to black. Um, so I guess I guess there was a stand in for Captain Marvel. Now, I think it would have would have thrown the movie out of whack. I thought yeah. I, I think if you get that, like, you know, much like in your face in the very end of like, here's Captain Marvel. We didn't see her at all this movie and we're not going to show you any more details about her. Yeah. would have been like way too much. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a lot. Plus, you know, are we are we getting like an Ed Norton situation where someone gets cast and then all of a sudden like contract doesn't work out and we have something then you know, yeah. then we get Brie Larson or whatever. Like yep. I don't know. I liked how it how it ended. I think it just would have been too much, you know, to have all that happening. Totally. And and I'm on the verge of saying that there's too much in the movie as as it is with yeah, yeah. with the twins and with everything happening. You get lots of new things. You've got Ultron, you've got vision, like you've Got all these brand new things happening in the movie. I think it's uh, packed as it is. So I'm so I'm glad it didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, now the last thing I wanted to, to talk to you about is when Wanda takes over Tony's mind. Well, Wanda takes over everybody's mind, right? And yeah. specifically Tony. Tony sees a vision of the future in which he does not put a shield around the Earth, and Ultron ends up winning. Um, we get a really dark flash forward where Cap's shield is broken in half. Um, yeah. Everybody's dead, and it's it's pretty dark. Would you have liked to see something like in tone with that darkness? Would you have liked to see more things like that in Ultron and later movies? Or are you kind of happy that they don't go this, this more dark route with certain things? Like, I mean, like in a reality sense or like Wanda messing with people's minds more, like how, like, how would you want that in there? I think either way, either way, if we're seeing any kind of flash forward or flash you know, yeah, flash forward yeah. in the MCU and things are getting dark. Um, the MCU just doesn't really dive into this whole dark. Yeah, side they don't of things, really right? do that too much. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, it got used nicely as it did because it kind of let you know, like, why Tony felt the urgency he did after seeing that. But yeah, I think if we're getting a, a movie like that or something, then like, you know, for lack of a better term, we're just kind of dipping into the DC kind of like, <laughs> let's make it all dark and brooding. And that's just kind of not been the MCU's thing. And I think for a reason, so yeah, just have like a little bit, I think of it works fine, but I wouldn't yeah. know that. I don't know that I want more of that. Yeah. I like the taste of it. I would have liked a little bit more. I, I like when things get a little dark and, and yeah. intriguing like that, because um, specifically in this case with Tony, like it does show like that's his conscience. That's, mm-hmm. that's at the core of who Tony is. He is petrified of that reality existing, um, which is, which is uh, super intriguing to me. Um for sure. Where does Age of Ultron rank on your MCU lineup? Uh, let me know at 15 Minute Marvel on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, ben, huge shout out for joining the show, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and standing up for Age of Ultron. Someone had to do it. 
someone's got to do it, you know? <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future as well. Um, and, and listen, listeners, join me every Thursday on Twitch uh, over at twitch.tv backslash 15 minutes Marvel. I do a live podcast once a week, chat about everything I can't fit in the 15 minutes. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, be sure to, to be there. And I will see you back here next time as I take a deep dive into one of my favorite Marvel characters, the Collector. I'm going to be cracking open another crack open joke. I had to put it in there. Uh, <laughs> cracking open my Marvel encyclopedia, bringing up all the info that I can find. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Ethan Simi. And remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Oh.